into the contest. It is Friday, the 2nd of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by the wonderful Brisbane comedian, rugby league lo- or rugby league loving Shad Wicker. How are you, Shadster? Mate, I'm good, mate. I'm good. What a wild evening of rugby league it has been overnight. Uh, a oh, bit of a shake yeah. up to the finals that I probably didn't think was going to happen. Yeah, we'll unstitch that very, very soon right here on <laughs> Afternoon Sport. But where where are you playing this weekend, mate? Where can we see you and get some laughs? Mate, I'm at the uh, Sydney Comedy Store for this weekend. So shows tonight and two shows tomorrow if you want to go and check it out. Great lineup of uh, comics there at Moore Park. It'll be pretty wild, I think, with the rugby on at the same time on Saturday. Mm. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, if you came for laugh, get on down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Wallabies playing South Africa tomorrow. That's after this big game tonight. It's Friday, so we're going to talk all the rugby league with Chad in just a tick. And also, Corey McKernan will be a two-time premiership player to look at the AFL finals. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney's CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. All right, Chad, Eel Storm, what did you think? Uh, can these Parramatta fans, these long-suffering <laughs> Parramatta fans who burnt down Cumberland Oval back in 1981, <laughs> they went on to win 81, 82, 83, and then John Money coached them to a victory in 86, and it's been a very dry old argument since. Bloody hell, how's the history lesson there, mate? Um, look, I I was impressed by the Eels actually in that game. To ke- Any team that can keep Melbourne to nil with about, what, it was nearly 15 minutes or so left in the game and Melbourne still hadn't even scored a try. Um, I think that it looked really good. They've looked great. I think the only difference between the Parramatta that has disappointed their fans second week of the finals so many times is um, this time they look in form heading into a final series. I mean, they've dominated two teams that, you know, one they were supposed to, the other probably a little bit of a shock in the Broncos. But, um, yeah, they look the goods, mate. They look very good. Brown being that extra support for Moses really opened Mm. things up in the game last night. And I think that is the difference for the Eels. They really need... Uh, uh, someone else to step up and not always lean on Moses. Although, tell you what, he can tackle. <laughs> oh, that, that, was a, that, was a, that was a smashing tackle, wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I'm one of their biggest forwards. And uh, look, Gutherson was outstanding again. He's a fantastic club player and leader. So you, you look at their team, they've got that balance. So with Sevo out wide, Lane in form, Moses, as you mentioned, it's going to be interesting. If they can manage to make it three wins from three against Penrith, uh, next week, well, then it changes the whole complexion for the mighty Parramatta Eels. That is what I like. I actually mm. like them against Penrith for the third time running. Um, mm. I, I feel like that could be the big shock that will happen next week, which, like you said, really changes things up because I'm not quite aware who plays who when you come out of the um, bottom four, but I imagine that if Penrith lose to the Eels, they would play the winner out of Storm Raiders. Would that be right? Yeah, well, it's either them or you'd think Roosters, Rabbits. You don't are want to play have another, Roosters. Have a, yeah, well, <laughs> well, they nearly beat them. They, look, 
they weren't happy with the refs that day out of Penrith, were they? The mm-hmm. Roosters, they they were so close to beating them. It's uh, it's a very changed scene, isn't it, from what we were thinking, say, five, six months ago, where Penrith were just flying out in front and everyone thought, well, they're going to do this. Nathan Cleary comes back, of course, after a spell, but it's a bit like horse racing. You, you sort of need to get time in your legs playing. So it's very, very interesting what's going down at the moment. Then This could be a preview of next week, Roosters-Rabbits tonight at the opening yeah. of Allianz Stadium. The amount of phone calls I've had. Mate, look, only if some tickets come across your desk. <laughs> is, yeah. I tell you what, it's been a Congo line. I can, Mate, 100%. Look, only if the tickets come across your desk can you grab them. I just say, well, I actually don't have a desk anymore. It's going to be an amazing game. Mate, the Roosters Rabbitohs is so excited. My, my only concern about this game is, you know, they don't really have anything to play for. When like the, when you think about, I mean, the points differential maybe would get, I guess, the Roosters above the line if they beat the Rabbitohs into that fifth spot. Like, it still seems like it's a bit too far. No, look, that need that needs to be that needs to be like yeah, a seventeen so, win. Really, they they can't get there. Yeah. So are we kind of maybe thinking this is going to be bigger than what it's actually going to be. Both these sides know they're playing each other again next week. That it's like, what well, is there really going to be the fire that we want? Are they going to buy into this cross-city rivalry or are we going to have to wait? Yeah, but I suppose there is always that momentum, isn't it, if you crunch someone? Hmm. But uh, look... Uh, I don't think they'll need much motivating uh, with the opening of the stadium. It, it does look Mickey Mouse as That's well. That's very true. Um, <laughs> what about Joseph Suwali, um, the Australian Rugby Union, swirling apparently around a number of players? And we saw it with Sonny Bill. Like, he traversed both sports, didn't he, to, to his best advantage. He's even gone into boxing now. Yeah, uh, I think. And, and he sort of built that template. Well, I mean, we haven't seen someone do it at such a young age, I think is mm. probably the big difference here. Uh, you know, he's obviously in that Falau-type archetype, I think, for the for the rugby. They're like, you know, he could probably play fullback for us, a stint on the wing as well. Look, I, I just find it so fascinating. I'm, I mean, in Sydney at the moment, staying with a mate of mine that is a big rugby union fan. I don't know why. It's the worst sport, <laughs> but <laughs> the international game's fine. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I just find it fascinating. Uh, rugby is in the same – they're dreaming of the 2003, aren't they? They're sitting there going, geez, God, it was good back in 2003. Why was that? Oh, we had a World Cup. Oh, we also got a whole bunch of great rugby league players to prop our sport up for a bit. What went wrong? Oh, we tried to launch a domestic competition and lost all our money. Oh, well, well let's do it again. <laughs> let's just repeat the process again heading into the, the next World Cup. I feel like Suwali's definitely got to be on the top of your hit list. Yeah. Um, he's definitely that kind of player. But what I'm fascinated about is who else do you think are in their targets? I love that they've admitted that they're doing it. Like they've already just gone, look, we're doing it. We're coming for players. We've got a list. Who else is on that list? Well, guys like Pappenhausen, Burton, there's a, there's a few of them that they're looking at. And uh, look, it's, it's ironic, isn't it? Because Pappenhausen played rugby mm. at school. He played league as well. Suwali was a king, so he was a GPS rugby player after they put him on a scholarship. Then they lost him. So it's an interesting thing that they do. Like uh, the school system goes out there and puts them on scholarships and then they lose them. And and I, and I think part of that problem is because their competitions at schools aren't done properly. So you've got all this mob playing this mob, that mob playing right. that mob. They should have it as a larger competition. But anyway, that's... Do you the- think it's also pathway though? Like rugby league has a genuine competition in Australia. Like mm. it is it is it in AFL and then everyone else is also Rands. 
and it's kind of like you know the rugby is has been so wishy-washy with how super rugby's worked and how they haven't really been a consistent force in the super rugby championship for quite some time mm. they've you know this past year they've said they're going to take their ball and go home we don't want to play with new zealand anymore then they're like oh actually we might play with new zealand like they haven't been able to keep a pathway competition into yeah. professional sport clear and i oh, think yeah. you know that's a whole other issue for them to cover. But I I think Burton would be a fascinating target for them. Obviously, Mm. the boot is an important part if you're playing in those outside backs to be able to do the, you know, force and backs as they do for half the game. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and like, he's he's, he's a great defender as well. And and you make it – you do make a very good point there. So so somewhere between this school system, which you'll see five to 10,000 at some of the school games, somewhere between that – and in Brisbane, it's particularly strong with schools like Nudgee and Grammar and others. But – you're right. Like at some point, it all goes south, and like you know, ever since they went to professionalism, they've never been able to get it right because club rugby was a big thing when I was growing up, and it's insignificant these days. And then you look at those other competitions that they tried to get going in the super competition. So, look, this part of the of the world, they need to they they need to work out how they're going to work it out, but. Um, yeah, that that's rugby. That's rugby, rugby mate. I think it's like my rugby. honest opinion is I think that the uh, the AIU got arrogant in how confident they were in how well it went after that 03, you know, the boom of rugby that happened so mm-hmm. early. They rested on their laurels while the NRL was like, well, the echoes of Super League are done. We're yeah. moving forward. Um, and I think now they've got to realise, you know, you've had 20 years in the doldrums of not really being able to even be in the same breath as AFL and, and NRL when it comes to what we're doing on the weekend. And now, you know, they're, they're going to hopefully do it a better time this time. But I don't like their chances. Mm. But Wallabies this weekend will be great, uh, which should be exciting. Yeah. NRL finishes this week, mate, and the finals. I cannot wait for them to kick off. Yeah, absolutely. Next week, Bulldogs play Seagulls. At oh, 6 that's o'clock. a big one. Does any <laughs> does anyone care? Oh, I don't know. Like, I just don't think anyone cares. It's of little significance. Uh, the Manly can't beat time with a stick. The Bulldogs have flickered towards the end of the season. But do you um, think Des will be, be there the six next o'clock year? Game. Oh, hard to know. Uh, yeah, but if he goes, there's a few others that might have to go as well. 100%. Boy, there's been some bad, bad uh, performances. Good on you, Shadster. No worries, mate. Have a good one. Up next, it is Corey McKernan, two-time AFL Premiership player. Time to talk AFL, and it's an absolute delight when I have my good mate Corey McKernan, two-time premiership player with the Mighty Kangaroos. Corey, that was one game of footy last night. Um, Brisbane finally uh, really giving their fans something to to burst about, and, and the city of Brisbane, after their rugby league uh, brothers across the uh, across the way, have struggled so much. Yeah, it seemed it was just a, an amazing night. Like, the, look, it, it doesn't have the one of the biggest. Uh, capacities in the AFL for crowd wise, but I tell you what, once the once the Gabba is rocking on a on a close night like last night, there was something like seventeen lead changes and just an amazing game of footy. And then the other thing is, uh, Tim as well. Look, to lose, I thought they were in real trouble when they lost o- Oscar McInerney early. I thought that they were really going to be up, up against it, but. Mm. Oh God. And mm. But I think that might have actually helped them because I think they threw caution to the wind and just said, you know what, we've just got to let this rip and, and take the game on. And just a, an amazing mm. game of football. And if we 
we've got a final series like this, we're going to be in for something pretty special. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, we've got a couple of short price favourites, uh, and you and I both like a punt. But the outsiders could definitely win. And we've got, and obviously, I want Sydney to win, being a Swans man. But this game tonight at the MCG, the Melbourne Demons, it's got a little bit about last year, hasn't it, how they dominated the early part of the year, wobbled slightly and then and went, went brilliantly in the final series. But you cannot discount uh, a Swans team that has been at the top of their game. That, that, that is going to be one game of footy tonight as well. Uh, Tim, one thing I've, I think I've learned with finals, you really throw form out the window. If you're good enough to be in September... Uh, you, you definitely got all the makings of a very good football team. And over the journey, why would you write your beloved Swans off? They just got had that great culture for the last 20 years. And, you know, I mean, I know, look, they're, they're, they're the outside favourites, but it sort of has a bit of the makings tonight, I think, of a, like the Swans going to Melbourne up against the wall. Maybe no one rates them. And, but you know what? In finals, you just got to take your chances early and start well, and then who knows what happens. Yeah, and they've got a good record at the MCG. They really do. Collingwood have played this furious brand of footy and Geelong have been this silky, brilliant mix of experience and youth. Uh, this is going to be a ripper tomorrow afternoon, a daytime footy game. Um, and again, Geelong are short favourites, but Collingwood could win. Tim, if you had your worst nightmare, who you'd want to face at the MCG, uh, for, I think for any team, it would be maybe Collingwood or Richmond at the MCG mm. in, in mm. front of the... The Magpie Army at the MCG, it's its really going to be a sight to behold tomorrow afternoon. I think hopefully the weather holds up. It's going to be 90,000 plus at the MCG. And again, I, I, to be honest, I, I think Geelong are the ones the, that have got the demons going into this game and the most pressure on them in this game. They've taken all before them in the home and away season. And you know what? If they don't start well, they, that, for everyone out there, just keep an eye on the start because if, if Collingwood start well, it could, it could bring up those demons once more that the cats could be going, uh-oh, here we go again. You, you, you have to be on defensively, don't you, against Collingwood because they do play this upbeat, um, sort of in-your-face, energetic style of footy. It is, but I, I think finals footy, some of, some of nearly what you do in a home and away goes out the window a little bit. I think mm. it's being able to win that contested ball and, and get the ball going your way and yep. and ultimately yep. taking your chances when you go forward. And uh, look, scoreboard pressure is a really big thing for anyone in the finals. And that's a, that's the game where I'm most keen of the remaining games to see who can start the best. Well, I'm really going to be intrigued by the start. I think the start's going to be red hot and, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, they're, they're a class act, Geelong. They really are. Now, Fremantle, they haven't been in the finals for, what, 2015 now. So they're giving themselves reason to believe. They still, I think anyone logically, uh, are thinking that the cupboard will be bare this year anyway. But um, they are sort of heralding in the start of a new era. They should beat the Western Bulldogs at home. They should. And look, for all those fans out there that don't know um, Nat Fife during the week absolutely shattering news for yeah. him that he ended up yeah. he'd been in and out he's their, their, their dual Brownlow medal it's been such a stalwart for the Fremantle Football Club over the journey and just shattering for him not to be able to it's sold out um, up the stadium we have 55,000 people in there on, on Saturday night and just disastrous news for him but that said um, Nat, five and, for, Nat Five had missed that much of the season that 
the Fremantle Dockers had already won a lot of their games without him. So I know it's a big loss not to have Nat Fife, but I don't think they miss him as much as what they usually would because they're, well, they're, they're, I think they've got that many players to cover it that I think they'll be okay. And they, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm standing here with a Western Bulldogs fan, but I, uh, I think the Fremantle Dockers might get the job done. Yeah, oh, they're uh, three fantastic games. We saw a ripper last night. And um, how are you going? How's, uh, how's Walk With Me, the charity? Yeah, really good. We're, yeah, we've really got some exciting announcements uh, that we're, we're coming up. As much as we, we did all the walks during the pandemic, um, I think everyone, Tim's getting a little bit lazy now about sort of doing walks and things like that. But we've got some exciting news, which I'll uh, no doubt when I come to Sydney, I'll, I'll get to catch up with you. Actually, even better, Tim, I'll, I'll get to see you at the Noosa Surf Club where we can uh, have a beer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exciting. Fantastic initi- initiative in and around mental health, mate. Um, the more we talk about it, the more we do, it's going to be the better for everybody. Corey, have a great weekend. Enjoy the AFL footy, my man. Will do, boys. Uh, it'll be a fantastic weekend. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shad Wicker and to Corey McKernan, our wonderful sponsors, the Osher Group. Thank you. And, of course, our great producer, Dan McHugh. We've had a great week. We'll see you next week for your daily dose of sport. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.